Hey pals, it's Josh. Quick intro to this episode. What you're about to hear is a recording of the first ever Blank is the Killer livestream. There is a visual component, so for this episode, I recommend watching it on YouTube. You won't miss out on too much if you just listen to the audio though. One quick correction, I'm going to fumble the origin of a movie called Dogs Don't Wear Pants. That movie is from Finland. The audio quality might be a little off, and I did not edit this episode at all. I messed with some normal things to make it sound a bit better, but other than that, you'll be hearing the raw recording of the live stream. Awkward pauses, ums, and all. Here's the episode. Oh my god, they're dead! Who could have done such a heinous act? I bet it was that frog down by the swamp. I don't like that frog. He's got them shifty eyes. It was that convict Ironjaw, that rapscallion. I bet it was that strange shadowy figure that likes to swing in the park on Thursday nights. I swear to you, it was my stuffed panda. He's, he's possessed. It could have been Ricky's arm. We haven't seen it since it got cut off. I definitely know who the killer is. Blank is the killer. Hello and welcome to Blank is the Killer, the unoriginal horror movie podcast where I, your host Josh Baker, cover six new-to-me horror movies with a random spooky topic seven at the end. Usually, today is going to be a little bit different, uh, more like a lot bit different. What we're going to do is a big old bracket of all the stuff I watched during Fantastic Fest, which was an eight-day-long film festival here in Austin, Texas, that was at the Alamo Drafthouse South Lamar, which I think they renamed uh, as like a PR stunt thing for the Parasite director, whose name I forget. That's going to happen a lot in this stream. I'm going to forget a lot of names and a lot of stuff like that, because we're going off a pretty much no notes and just my memory of uh, the films I watched. I didn't write anything down. This is raw and uncut. It's exciting. It's going to be a mess. I, I promise. All right. So to start off, what we'll do is show the bracket. That makes sense, right? So let's bring that up here. As you can see, some people got some buys, not people, but movies. Also, before we uh, get there, uh, the primal thing that's on here is technically a show. It's the only thing that's a show. Everything else is a movie, technically. All right. So let's hop right into it. So the first matchup, we're going to have uh, Climate of the Hunter versus the Antenna. Wow, look at that. That production design, incredible. I'm doing it all by myself, so it's going to be slow and annoying. So what I'll do is try to be... As spoiler-free as possible, uh, I have a special guest for that real quick. Uh, let me bring him in. All right, it's me, Spoiler Beard, y'all's favorite person on the podcast. The landlubber Josh Baker is going to try to be spoiler-free most of the time, but maybe some spoilers are slip out. You know, it happens. Anyways, spoiler-free stream. Thanks a lot, Spoiler Beard. Everyone hates you. Anyways, so yeah. What's up, Hammer? Yeah, this is going to be a big movie and one show <laughs> bracket. So the first ones we got here are Climate of the Hunter and The Antenna, which I had to remember because this poster is not in English. So starting off 
what we'll do is kind of talk about each little movie, a little gist about it. So Climb of the Hunter was a really interesting movie. The premise is there's a woman that's got some uh, mental problems that thinks a newcomer to her area is a vampire. Uh, I'm not going to spoil if he is or is not, but that's what she thinks. It's a very hyper-stylized. It's got a lot of 70s feel. They used a lot of, like, zoom-ins on faces. There's a lot of interesting uh, color and shot composition. And a really interesting thing in this movie is these weird sequences where they show uh, what people are eating. They have a lot of really 70s gross-out dinners. And there's a lot of dinners in the movie. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's pretty comedic. People are campy and weird, but that's what they were going for. Um, it's pretty, pretty fun. Now, on the other end, we have the antenna. The antenna, let's see if we can even kind of describe what this movie is about. Basically, uh, the government is installing antennas on buildings to broadcast daily updates to all the citizens. Uh, it's probably nefarious, you know, that's what you, you think from the premise. There's a uh, black goo in this movie that starts seeping everywhere. People start getting weird and is the antenna and the government interference bad is kind of what the whole thing is about. And the antenna, let's just tear the bandaid off, was one of the worst movies I saw at Fantastic Fest. Uh, definitely, definitely in the bottom three. So... Uh, this is going to be a pretty quick round because the antenna is obviously going to lose here. Um, to try to say some positive things about it, it's interesting seeing into like another culture. This was a Turkish film. Um, the use of the location that they had was great. There's some interesting stuff in the movie, but it's just not strung together too cohesively. And you lose interest pretty quickly. So... The winner of this round's Climate of the Hunter. Now let's see how that works out. We gotta update the bracket and stuff. This is gonna be a little bumpy, but we'll get better at it as we do these rounds. So let's jump back to that. I'm gonna report the score here, which uh, Climate of the Hunter is the winner. And they're gonna jump to the next round. So now what we're gonna do is the platform versus the pool. Let's get them into the ring. This one I'm kind of excited about. Both movies were very fun. So we got the platform versus the pool. There they are. The platform versus the pool. The P movies. Alright, so we'll start with the platform. The platform is an interesting movie. I think it's going to be on Netflix soon if it's not already. So you should be able to check it out pretty soon. It's in Spanish. And the whole idea and premise of the platform is there's a platform of food that slowly descends layer by layer uh, in a giant, we'll call it a, we'll call it a prison, a giant like prison thing that's just a bunch of stories. So it starts off as this magnificent feast. Uh, thanks for tuning in, Hammer. Uh, it starts off as this magnificent feast that is amazing and it starts on like the top floor. People eat whatever they want, and then it continues going down. And, like, the further it goes down, the farther it goes down, the food gets all eaten up, basically, and there's the whole thing about, well, what do the people on the bottom floor do? What can the people on the top floor do? What, how do the people on the floors even work? There's, like, two people on each floor, and they have to, like, live together for a month. 
it's a really interesting concept and I liked it for the most part. Uh, I didn't really love where it went at the end, but overall it's a really interesting movie and especially with that concept. It's kind of like Cube, uh, which I definitely recommend checking out Cube. Now, on the other side we have The Pool. So The Pool is a movie from Thailand about a man that gets trapped in a pool with a crocodile. That's the movie. He, <laughs> you wouldn't think that much can happen in a pool, but man, a lot happens in the pool. This guy ends up going through a lot. And does he make it out? You gotta watch to find out. Uh, he gets stuck in there with a crocodile. There's other characters. Oh, thanks for the subscription. Subscription, not subscription. Subscription, Meow Kitty Cat. Uh, I'm so glad that that stupid thing from uh, A New Nightmare played. That's probably the best part of that movie when that kid screams. It's hilarious. Um, so where are we? The pool, man trapped with a crocodile. For the most part, the crocodile looks... I don't want to say it for the most part. I want to say sometimes the crocodile looks great and sometimes it's like really bad CGI. Uh, the director did say that they used a real crocodile. Uh, and I think he also said that it bit the actor, but I don't know if he was kidding or not. I couldn't tell. I think it bit the actor. So this is a tough matchup. Uh, both both movies are really fun. Um, but if we're going for sheer entertainment value and a whole, like a, as a whole, because the platform kind of veers off at the end, the pool has to take this one. So let's go back to the bracket. We're giving it to the pool. And the pool is the winner. The next one here is going to be Blood Machines versus 4x4. So let's get them in the ring here. There's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that goes into that. A lot of production value behind the scenes that you're not seeing. Like so much. <laughs> so we got Blood Machines versus 4x4. We'll start off with Blood Machines. Blood Machines is... I want to say they called it a prequel to a music video um, that was done for Carpenter Brute. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Carpenter Brute's Turbo Killer. If you uh, want to get a taste of what this might be, I highly recommend going and watching uh, the video for Carpenter Brute's Turbo Killer. That's amazing. It's great. It's short and cohesive and amazing. And so now... They made Blood Machines, which is a, it's not a feature-length movie, but it's I think it's around 60 minutes, uh, and it's basically more of the same. Now, the problem with that is you try and have a story, and people actually like acting, and that doesn't work. <laughs> it well, it can work, but in Blood Machines, it just doesn't really work. Now, what does work are the visuals. There's a bunch of cool visuals in this. Uh, we wouldn't call it a movie. We'll call it a movie. It's a, we'll just call it. Blood Machines, the movie. It's got a bunch of really cool visuals, a bunch of cool designs. There's stuff that is definitely worth seeing in this movie. Uh, I believe it's coming to Shudder real soon, if you want to check that out. So, that's what Blood Machines is. It's basically a weird space movie where women might be spaceships. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Uh, fun anecdote is that the Q&A for this... There was a really drunk lady on wine that kept asking obnoxious questions that no one appreciated. But, you know, if, you, if you've been drinking a lot of wine and you're at a festival, probably don't ask a question in the Q&A. That's all I'm saying there. Now, Blood Machines is up against 4x4, 
which is a movie about a man getting trapped in a 4x4. Uh, it's from Argentina, I believe. And I think I'm going to give it right here the award for the best song in any movie I saw at Fantastic Fest, which is called Ruta 666, or I guess Say Say Say. And it's about rappers banging ladies in a car. Um, and it's like called that, but the chorus is about basically banging in El Coche. It's amazing. Look that up. It's a great song. Now, the movie itself, it's interesting. Um, it kept my attention throughout, even though it's kind of like, it's not even a, it's like a bottle episode, but it's kind of more even compact than that. You got this guy just in a 4x4 for most of the movie. Does he deserve to be trapped in the 4x4? Probably. He's a thief. He was trying to steal stuff, you know. Uh, but it gets into some other territory with the, uh, the captor and his ideals and stuff like that. Uh, it was a very entertaining movie. Now, this is, a, this is a tough round, but is is a more cohesive full movie that has the better parts, I think we have to give this to 4x4. Let's update that here. So, 4x4 is going to get the win. Next up, we have The True Adventures of Wolf Boy. <laughs> I didn't do this on purpose. Uh, these are random seeds. The True Adventures of Wolf Boy versus butt boy isn't that fun all right so let's get that up here so we got butt boy on that side we got true adventures of wolf boy do i have a picture for you i do i was worried that i might not uh so let's grab that true adventures of wolf boy versus butt boy let's try to make that a little more professional and we're jumping into it here all right these movies didn't have posters. So we'll start with The True Adventures of the Wolf Boy. The premise is uh, there's a boy that has a lot of hair all over his body. You know, that, like, uh, you might have seen pictures of that before. It is like a real, I don't know if it's a disease. It's probably just a condition. Uh, so he's covered in hair and he's trying to, like, come to terms with it because, you know, kids can be cruel. That's kind of the thing there. Uh, this movie also has, uh, let's see if I can get his name right, John. Turturro, I believe. Uh, you know, the guy that played uh, Jesus in The Big Lebowski. Um, he was kind of my least favorite part of the movie, uh, which is weird because I feel like he's normally great, but I didn't super love him in this. As a whole, though, the movie is kind of like this fun little fairy tale. Uh, you have Wolf Boy going on his adventures. He meets a mermaid in uh, quotation marks. And there's even a pirate also in quotation marks that uh, leads to some of the best scenes, in my opinion, that are a lot of fun. Uh, it's, it's got a message about accepting everybody. You know, it's great. Now on to Butt Boy, you know, the, uh, <laughs> the villain to uh, Wolf Boy's hero. Butt Boy is a movie about a man who finds out he likes putting stuff up his butt. And we're talking about everything. We're not talking about, like, small objects. We're talking about... Anything can go in the butt, basically, here. Um, light spoilers, because this happens in, like, I think the first five minutes, but he puts a dog up his butt. Uh, all, more spoilers, the dog's okay. Um, but, yeah, that's the kind of movie Butt Boy is. It's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> in the beginning, it plays itself kind of seriously until there's, like, a turn um, where it just goes, like, full-on 
insanity. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's super entertaining. Uh, <laughs> what else, what else can you say about Butt Boy? Uh, the the performances are fine. They're not anything special. Uh, the performances are definitely better in the True Adventures of Wolf Boy, but if we're going for sheer entertainment here, and it's still a, a full cohesive movie because you know that takes off a bu- bunch of points, I'm gonna have to give the edge to Butt Boy just for just for the creativity of it alone and for the <laughs> the gall to make a movie about a man that just puts anything up his butt. So we're gonna go Butt Boy on this one. So let's update the bracket here. We'll bring that back up. Butt Boy is going to be the winner. Exciting. All right, next one we got Knives and Skin and We Summon Darkness. So let's bring them out here. We got We Summon Darkness on the right. And we got Knives and Skin on the left. Alright, that looks beautiful, so let's show it to you. Alright, so Knives and Skin was kind of falsely advertised. Uh, It was kind of advertised as a musical something. I don't even think they were trying to make you think it was a slasher 100%, but come on, the name is Knives and Skin. So you're thinking there's going to be probably some slasher elements, right? Um, (laughs) Spoilers, no one is even stabbed, I'm pretty sure. I might be misremembering something there. There might be like one stabbing, but like there's barely any knives, and I don't even think there's that much skin. I don't know. There's (laughs) The title is weird. I don't know why that's the title of the movie. And it's not a musical. It just has some scenes where choir kids sing either in a classroom or in another location, but they're like singing songs. They're not like movie songs. They're like eighties covers. Well, not, I guess it's a cover cause they're singing it. But yeah, if you're not, if, you, if you're not tired of hearing a bunch of eighties songs done in like a melancholy, melancholy manner, um, you'll love that part of this movie, I guess, but I'm tired of it. <laughs> hey, what's up Killjoy? Yeah. The, you probably have heard of like none of these. There were a lot of them were premiering at this festival or like had their second viewing. Um, I missed a lot of the bigger ones, uh, because I knew that I'd be able to see them in theaters. Um, but yeah, Knives and Skin, I did not love it. And pretty much the first thing the direct, that came out of the director's mouth was, if you don't like it, you didn't get it. And that's like a big pet peeve of mine is like, well, if you got to come out defending your movie with, you didn't get it. Like, that's not a defense. Like, you can't just throw that card and be like, I'm good. So... Knives and Skin, I didn't hate it. It did have some interesting stuff. Um, It had some really cool characters. Something that was supposed to be a big part of the film was female friendship. And it had a lot of really cool girl characters that didn't really seem like they were friends. And some of them didn't even really get any fleshing out or screen time at all. So it was a little strange there. Uh, You you think the movie that's all about female friendships would have in-depth female friendships. On the other end, we got We Summon the Darkness, which I had heard about a long time ago, but I had forgotten about. Um, I just heard there was going to be this weird Johnny Knoxville horror movie. And I didn't even remember he was in the movie until he popped up like a little while through. The premise of this movie is some girls go to a heavy metal concert, 
and then cult stuff happens. I don't want to spoil too much of it because I think that's part of the fun. It's kind of obvious um, if <laughs> if you if you see these types of movies, you're gonna know right off the bat. Oh, that's what's gonna go down. But it's still a lot of fun. I really liked um, the performances from the uh, two main girls on the poster there. The the two sized up ones. Uh, I'm forgetting names, and I that's too far for me to read. And I they're probably not even in the right order. Maybe they are. Maybe. But they were really great. They knew what movie they were in. They were really campy and hilarious, and I liked them a ton. Uh, some of the other characters in the movie didn't realize what they were making, and that was kind of a problem. The gore in the movie is pretty solid. There's some real just funny moments in the movie, and I liked it a lot. Uh, I liked it a lot more than Knives and Skin, and this is like one of the easier rounds for me. It's definitely going to We Summon the Darkness. In the future, I'll probably try to do this again with more movies that people have heard of because it'll be a little bit more fun from a viewer standpoint, probably. Uh, but I had to cover all these in some fashion, so I decided to do this. <laughs> it's the first time doing this kind of live stream, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, it'll definitely get tighter in the future. So the next one is Patrick versus Random Acts of Violence. Let's get them up here. Random Acts of Violence isn't going to have a poster, so we're going to have its uh, first image released, which is not going to sell you on the movie at all. I don't know why they released it. And we got Patrick, which does have a poster. All right, let's get that up here. So Patrick is basically a movie about a man named Patrick who is part of a nudist colony that uh, is coming to terms with the death of his dad and that his one of his hammers have miss, is missing. One of his hammers is missing. I was about to say his favorite hammer, but I think he loved all of his hammers equally. One just happened to be missing. And does he find that hammer? Who knows? You gotta watch the movie to find out. But yeah, it's a nudist colony. There's lots of nudity, uh, which some people in the theater thought was hilarious, but it's not played as funny. It's more of just the scene. Uh, one weird thing about this movie is Jermaine Clement's in it, and he plays kind of like a douchey rock star which is like on brand and great. I love Jermaine Clement, but like there doesn't really feel like a, a reason for Jermaine Clement to be in the movie, which is kind of weird, but it, I, I like this movie. Um, it's got like a real nice feel to it. Uh, I liked the character Patrick. I feel like everyone, well, mostly everyone did, did really well acting wise. Jermaine Clement was just Jermaine Clement, but I don't, I, I guess he was in the movie cause they wanted a big name. Uh, and Jermaine Clement's not even a huge name, so I don't, I don't know. But I still love the guy. I'll watch anything Jermaine Clement's in. He kind of was the reason I watched the movie, but not the reason I enjoyed the movie, if that makes sense. On the other end, we have Random Acts of Violence, which is not the first. I'm pretty sure he's done a few, but a movie written and directed by Jay Barrichello. I think it's how you pronounce it. Who knows? You know that guy that's friends with, like, Seth Rogen and those guys? Um... I thought the guy in this was Cousin Skeeter's cousin, but it's a guy from Grey's Anatomy. It's also got, like, the girl that's in some of the Fast and Furious movies. That should have been a hint to me. <laughs> What's up, Zach? Uh, that should have been a hint that the movie wasn't going to be great, because, spoilers, it's terrible. This is... Do I want to call this the worst movie I saw at Fantastic Fest? I think I do. Uh, if you... 
happened to check out my pumpkin harvest that released yesterday. Uh, this movie did make the rotten list, uh, which that's a list of the worst movies I've seen this past year. I even made an exception to put this movie on that list because normally a movie has to be covered on the podcast to be eligible. But Random Acts of Violence, it it's a movie that starts off strong. It's interesting. The premise is there's a comic book writer who makes comics about a guy called Slasher Man who is a slasher. He's not... He's not even, like, heroic or anything. He's just, like, a serial killer. Like, straight up. He doesn't save anyone. He just kills people. And so he's making this, and then murders start happening that are, like, pulled from his comic books. So there's, like, this whole interesting idea of the author of these comics and his his struggle with coming to terms with someone basically taking his work and then doing actual murders. And it's like, well, is he responsible should people be held for their own actions? You know, all this stuff. There's, there's this really interesting commentary for like 10 minutes. <laughs> and then the movie just turns into neon-soaked garbage. Um, I will say this. There is a lot of really well-executed practical gore. Definite kudos to the special effects team. But everything else in this movie is... It's trash. Uh, Jay Barrichell didn't even show up to the festival. He, he like recorded a video in... I think he was in Portugal or something. He's like, I'm getting married and I'm rich. I'm not even there. So you got to see him show off his wealth before watching his crap movie. So <laughs> the winner is definitely Patrick in this round. It's not even close. This one was a blowout. How are we doing on time here? Okay, we're doing okay. We're doing okay. Uh, so the next one we got... Saint Maud versus Night Has Come. So you might have heard a little bit about Saint Maud. Uh, it's currently being championed as kind of A24's next big thing. And uh, is it? Well, we'll get there in a second. Let me get these up. Oh, I did not make this smaller. One second, everybody. I should have. This is so unprofessional of me. Wow. I can't believe this. Let me fix this real quick. I thought I'd already scaled all these so they'd fit nicely. But an Ida's come had avoided that scaling. Anyways, it's not even going to be a great picture, so you're, you're not going to be impressed by this one. These didn't have any posters, so we got these uh, images here. We got Saint Maud and Night Has Come. So, St. Maud is it A24's new big horror movie. It's good. Is it, uh, is it like a Hereditary or a, a Midsummer or uh, any of the other movies? I didn't like that one. What was that one called? Where they're all uh, worried about a virus. It comes at night. I didn't like that movie, but I can respect it. Uh, is St. Maud the next big thing? Nah, probably not. One, one misconception I've been seeing um, is if A24 has something to do with the movie, it's automatically good. Uh, I was in the theater, and this movie was being presented uh, by the, the programmer who chose it. And they're like, it's A24. That's a seal of approval. You know that's a good movie. And that's not correct. <laughs> A24 distributed a movie called Slice, which made the rotten list last year on my pumpkin harvest, which is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. So I don't ever blindly look at that and be like, well, if A24 is on there, it's good. 
Thanks for the follow, Zach. So, we got Saint Maud. Uh, the premise is there's uh, what is the premise of Saint Maud without spoiling anything? There's a religious girl who's taking care of a woman, and weird stuff starts happening. And the religious girl feels like she's personally touched by God and spoken to by God. That's that's the the loosest premise I can give without spoiling things. Now, a lot of this movie I really did like. Uh, it's amazingly shot. The acting is pretty solid. I didn't love the main actor as much as some other people did, but it is still a very well-crafted movie. There's some really interesting imagery that happens, a lot of great scenes, um, but is it is it the next like Hereditary? No. Is it good? Yes. On the other hand, we have Night Has Come, which I didn't really know what this is going to be going in, but what Night Has Come is is basically an entire movie made out of archival footage from Belgium, which is a really interesting idea to make a movie. I have to admit that. So it was nice seeing all this old archival footage from Belgium, but they tried to string it all together to basically make a plot about a virus that... Uh, gets rid of people's memories. Now, that didn't really work. <laughs> I found myself getting bored I, I, and only enjoying like the archival footage. The, the director came out for a Q&A, and I think one of the things he said was, I don't want people to just watch it and enjoy the footage. I want them to like... Uh, I want them to like the movie as like a, a narrative, which it just didn't really... It didn't work as... Uh, so yeah it, it's it's an interesting film to see because you get to see this old footage repurposed in an attempt to make a narrative but it didn't really work and also in the Q&A the director kind of said like this was his school project he didn't get to really choose what he was doing so it kind of feels like he didn't have as much passion for it as probably some of the other um, filmmakers did um, but for what it is it's it's very interesting even though i didn't love it and i think it can be done better <laughs> so the winner of this round is saint mod oh we're almost done with the uh, the beginning rounds so let's put a uh, saint mod up here so next one we have uh, wrinkles the clown and cosmic candy let's get them into the beautiful ring that I created. We got a cosmic candy and wrinkles. That's exciting. <laughs> wrinkles. Uh, that's a fun thing to say. Uh, while watching the movie, I kept after it. I kept thinking of wrinkles the clown. I don't know. I'm dumb. Anyways, we got wrinkles the clown versus cosmic candy. What wrinkles the clown is 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 uh, a movie that's a documentary a documentary about the man who is wrinkles who is allegedly a clown parents could hire to scare their children uh, to make them behave is that really the case watch the documentary it's actually a lot of fun um, there's some things I didn't love in the documentary like uh, they do some reenactments and I just hate reenactments <laughs> uh, especially there you could probably do reenactments if you go like full on cheese camp, but they kind of had like a serious tone to their reenactments. And I didn't love that. Um, I'm going to spoil some things cause I need to 
get this story out. So the documentary is going to start with somebody. And eventually the documentary is going to tell you that this anonymous guy is Wrinkles the Clown. And so you're not supposed to know who it is. No one's supposed to know. He doesn't want anyone to know. So we were sitting in the theater. We were in the seats right next to the reserve seats. And there was this guy by us. And he was he was a chill dude. Uh, you could tell he wasn't there just for like the festival. He was there because he was part of the movie or something. Uh, at one point, uh, just in case he ends up listening, at one point, so I can single him out, at one point he lost his phone and uh, myself and Kat helped him find it. So Wrinkles, if you're listening, we know that was you. This guy, as soon as the movie's about to end, bolts out of the theater, like just like runs out, and then like not, not two minutes later, Wrinkles the Clown randomly shows up. It was that guy. I, I know who you are, Wrinkles. I think I could pick you out of a lineup, maybe. I'm not going to tell anyone. We're not going to tell anyone. Your secret's safe with us. Don't don't come, like, mess with us. Yeah, as you can see, he's a really creepy-looking clown. So the whole thing is about this This Wrinkles the Clown and the idea of uh, parents calling a number, the millions of voicemails he'd get, kids interacting with it is kind of like um, an internet... I don't want to say meme, but meme. Uh, kind of like a... Just a, just a thing for kids to do to mess with, too. On the other end, we have uh, Cosmic Candy, which is a movie from... Oh, damn. Do I remember? Somewhere in Europe. I don't remember exactly where this was from. I want to say... Let me, let me check something real quick. Alright, uh, I think it's Greek. <laughs> I should have uh, remembered that, but there were a lot, a lot of movies. As you can see, there was 26. Um, so this movie is about an odd girl um, who loves pop rocks, which are also called Cosmic Candy, I believe there. I'm pretty sure it's, this is a Greek movie. I want to say it is. We're going we're gonna to lean into it. <laughs> and uh, so the idea is that she has this weird neighbor uh, who's a man with this daughter. And then he disappears. And so she's watching the daughter. And it's kind of about their relationships because she's like uh, kind of eccentric and real neat about her stuff. And now she has this wild kid. You know, so it's, it's about their, their adventures. It even gets a little... Um, uh, unnatural and cosmic we'll say uh towards the end um which is a lot of fun the movie is beautifully shot the costumes are great the uh acting is amazing um it had a problem that a lot of movies had that i saw at fantastic fest was kind of like it petered out towards the end which you know a lot of the movies did um, but overall, I, I really enjoyed it. The director and the composer were there, um, and they the, the music was great. They were uh, really cool. They were hanging out the whole festival, um, and it was nice to see that. Like, because some of the some of the people would come, show their movie, and just disappear. Uh, anyways, back to Wrinkles to give it a little bit more. It's just a really fun documentary about an, an oddball clown. Um, it's an interesting idea to like look this person up and, and try to tell the story behind it. There was like a originally a weird viral video of wrinkles coming out um, from underneath a girl's bed, and that's kind of where things took off. And then they started putting like phone numbers everywhere, 
and it's really interesting. This is a this is a tough matchup. <laughs> um, I want to give the edge to Rankles. Rankles the clown is the uh, the winner here. It was close though. This one was close. Probably the hardest match of this uh, this these first rounds. So we're gonna give that to Wrinkles the Clown. Oh, the next one is interesting because they're both documentaries that are very similar. We got Memory, The Origins of Alien, and Phil Tippett, Mad Dreams and Monsters, I believe is the title. It's a little cut off there. So let's get them up here. We got Phil. And we got Memory. The Origins of Alien. And yes, that is Phil Tippett, Mad Dreams, and Monsters. So we'll start off here with uh, Memory. Memory is pretty much an in-depth look of kind of like the behind the scenes of the movie Alien. Um, there's a lot in it. Um, <laughs> these are a little weird to talk about because it's, you know, they have... A lot of behind-the-scenes stuff from different movies. Uh, Alien is specifically Alien. And if I'm being honest, all right, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I kind of fell asleep during this movie. Um, and that's not the movie's fault. So the way Fantastic Fest works is it's basically 11 a.m. is when most movies start around. And your last movie will get out around 2 a.m. You'll get home at, at like, the earliest. So as, as you can probably deduce from... When it starts, when it ends, every day, going back and forth, you're going to get super sleepy at points because you're not going to get as much sleep as you want, especially if you're going to like the parties and stuff. So there are a few movies where like I had not off for like a couple minutes, and I thought I had seen oh, pretty much all of memory, but then Kat would tell me, remember that part in the documentary where they said Sigourney Weaver's um, character Ripley was so fleshed out because... The character was written as genderless, so since it wasn't written as a lady character, it ended up being one of the most prominent and interesting lady characters. And I'm like, I don't remember that at all. I guess I nodded off. But <laughs> I still really liked Memory. Uh, there was a lot of cool stuff in it. If you're a fan of Alien, definitely check it out. Now on the other side, we got Phil Tippett, Mad Dreams, and Monsters. So this is about um, Phil Tippett, a man that... Worked on a ton of movies. He did uh, early on like a lot of stop motion work. He did stuff for I'm trying to think of what his his big break was. I believe Star Wars was the first one. So he did a lot of work on Star Wars. Um, did a lot of work with like the Cantina scene. He's one of the guys behind like the holographic chessboard. And so this documentary is really interesting because it it kind of goes through his filmography. But it also talks about like the shift in Hollywood from stop motion to computer animated effects, and him kind of adapting with that, because uh, like he started with, like Star Wars, and then RoboCop, which was still um, heavily stop motion. Then Jurassic Park came around, where CGI started to show its head, and so then he had to adapt to that changing culture of effects. And he also worked on Starship Troopers. And uh, seeing the stuff behind Starship Troopers was really cool because what they would do is, like, they'd do stop motion and then they'd kind of 
kind of mocap the stop motion and the figures they'd make. And that's one of the reasons why the effects in Super Troopers are still incredible. Uh, just because of the way they worked on it. So, I kind of rambled on about these. It's kind of weird to talk about <laughs> two documentaries fighting. Uh, but I am giving the edge here to Phil Tippett because of just it's it, it's it's more broad in what it shows you and i really liked seeing someone actually adapting um as visual effects changed it was it's super interesting i uh highly recommend both of these i don't want to say one more than the other but someone has to win so <laughs> phil tippett is winning this one Alright, so there's going to be some new movies in this round, but some pe some movies got to buy. I did a little bit of finagling just to make sure that movies that are big, big, heavy hitters were given buys. Well, not all of them, but some of them. Um, just so there weren't blowouts round one. <laughs> so, we got First Love and uh, Climate of the Hunter. So, let's get First Love up here for the first time. And we're going to get Climate of the Hunter back up. So First Love, while I get this up, is the uh, newest, well, at the time it was the newest, I don't know, the man makes a million movies, it's the uh, newest movie from uh, Takashi Miike, he uh, made a t uh, so many movies that I don't even want to try to talk about them, <laughs> He's, I think he has over a hundred directorial credits, which is insane, um... Surprisingly, I don't think I've seen that many movies from him. I've seen uh, Itchy the Killer, and I'm embarrassed to say that might be it. <laughs> Been meaning to watch Visitor Q, but haven't gotten to that yet. He's got a million movies, though, so I've probably seen others, and I just haven't realized it. So First Love, the premise is it's a wacky Yakuza story where, you know, unfortunate, unfortunate events just keep happening to some characters, and it's just like a cat and mouse kind of thing uh it's funny <laughs> it's mostly funny uh there's some drama a little bit but it's mostly like a really fun comedic movie uh it's expertly crafted laugh out loud moments amazing characters it's one of the standouts of the festival by far now back to climate of the hunter which we did talk about a little bit in these rounds what i'll do is try to boil it down to reasons why a movie should win and why should climate of the hunter beat first love <laughs> well it's 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 got that that small indie spirit that that heart um let me see if i can remember this guy's name mickey reese was the director of this movie and you know he's an up-and-comer he's made a lot of shorts and a couple features it's it's a beautiful film but it just it doesn't got a, a chance against first love first love is just so frantic hilarious uh so many fun characters there's just so much going on in first love that it it easily takes this round so <laughs> yeah Oh, uh, we skipped uh, we skipped a, a round one, so we'll have to go back to that here. But first love's gonna win here. Don't know how I messed that up, but we're going back back to the first rounds again to do VFW versus dogs don't wear pants. How I forgot about 
how I real I, like didn't realize I hadn't talked about dogs don't wear pants. I don't know because uh, that movie is amazing, and we're gonna get to that right here. But of course, you know me. I totally beefed the scaling of that. So let me uh, scale that real quick here. Uh, ba -ba -ba -ba. I think this is what we were doing. I'm not sure though. So, all right, all right, all right. Professionalism, raw and uncut, the mess, whatever you want to call the stream. VFW didn't have a poster, and it's gonna have a really small image because the aspect ratio they did for the film was stupid. Well, <laughs> it was stupid for this movie. I'll say that. All right, so here is VFW versus Dogs Don't Wear Pants. VFW is the second movie that I believe his name is Joe Bagos had at the festival. He also had a movie called Bliss, which I did not see. Um, he posted some stuff on Twitter that rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, people weren't liking Bliss, I believe, and so he was saying, oh, nobody wants like a bloody sexual shot on film movie. And I'm like, no, people people want that. They just want movies like that that are good. I didn't see Bliss, but if it's anything like VFW, it was probably mediocre. I don't know. I'll, I'll probably check it out in the future. Don't send mean messages my way for that. I'll, I'll give Bliss a chance. But VFW is a shot on film uh, movie here. Its premise is a bunch of uh, veterans in like a VFW bar end up being sieged by a bunch of drug addicts. Uh, if you look at some premises, they'll say it's it's veterans versus mutant punks. There are uh, zero mutant punks in this movie. I don't know why people are saying that. It's just people drugged out of their minds. They're not like crazy strong or have more arms or anything. Uh, so it's just druggies, not mutant punks. Now, a big pull uh, for this movie is is that it brings back a bunch of uh, older actors together to be in this action-packed movie with a lot of pr fun practical gore. Personally, I don't really know any of those actors, I'll admit. Um, shoot me. <laughs> uh, I don't know them, so I don't care that they're in it, really. Um, one thing about movies, I feel personally, is if... If you go to see a movie and a reason that you didn't like the movie is that you didn't know the actors, that doesn't make any sense. Like, so if if someone told me, oh, you didn't love VFW, but these actors are in it. It's like, why do I need to know who the actors are to love it? That's kind of dumb to me. So VFW, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate the movie. I, I see a lot of positive buzz, but I don't think it's that great. The problem is it just kind of like drags on in places. Uh, if you can see this this shot here um, that we, we have on the stream, pretty much all the movie is that kind of lighting. Like, almost all of it is this awful red. <laughs> and it's, it's dark. It's not easy to see everything. Um, maybe the director would try to be like, that's a stylistic choice. But I think it was just because it was poorly lit, <laughs> if we're being honest. Um... It's cool that the dude's still shooting on film, but, you know, you're not Tarantino levels, my guy. On the other end, we have Dogs Don't Wear Pants. Alright, so to, to start off, Dogs Don't Wear Pants won Best of the Fest, which I agree with. It's a very good movie. Uh, we'll see if it wins this bracket. I don't, I don't know. But uh, it's a very interesting and good movie. Now, you'll see something... I just complained about the uh, 
the red lights on the left, right? But look at the red lights on this poster, which is like a shot from the movie. Look at how well she's lit with the red light also being there. That's 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 perfect for what I was saying about BFW. You see, the lighting in this movie is done correctly, where you can still use those colors, but you use them in a way where everything else is lit correctly, so you can see what's going on, and it looks amazing. The movie is about a man who loses his wife. That's kind of a spoiler, but it happens in like the first five minutes. And uh, he goes with his daughter, to, and she's getting her tongue pierced. And while that's happening, he runs into a dominatrix. So then things just start to get real BDSM-y. Uh, it's uh, a real interesting idea, for sure. Uh, I don't know how many BDSM movies there are where it's uh, a mistress uh, as the, the dominant one. There might be a bunch of crap exploitation ones, but I mean like... Movies that are actually not like exploitation B-movies. Uh, Dogs Don't Wear Pants is great. The acting in it is phenomenal. I do not remember which country it was from, but it's it's one of those uh, European countries. I want to say maybe the Netherlands, but I think that's wrong. Uh, I think it is in some kind of um, Dutch or something like that. It's got uh, amazing costumes. Uh, it's enthralling throughout the sound design is great the soundtrack is great and it's just so much fun and it's got some scenes that are that are really unsettling um we had a, uh, I guess uh what do i want to call this person uh first time gore gary in the theater and he was like very vocal about some things happening there's not a lot of gore there's there's some and he was very vocal whenever any of it happened, and that was very annoying to me. Um, baby's first on-screen gore, I guess. Uh, but the gore is well done in the movie, incredibly well done. Uh, the little bits are shown. Everything is amazing. I was just sucked in by this movie. Um, never even thought about the runtime. Was just there for it the entire way through. So uh, it's pretty obvious Dogs Don't Wear Pants is winning this round. And we'll see how far it ends up, because it's, it's got some tough competition close to it I think that's the only round one we did not do how are we on time here alright we hit an hour but we're gonna speed up cause you know about most of these movies uh, there's a few that we haven't talked about yet uh, it's the ones that did get some buys we got Sea Fever is that right nope we'll, ah, we got Dogs Don't Wear Pants up so we'll just finish that out we'll do The Pool versus Dogs Don't Wear Pants let's get that up real quick Spoilers, it's going to be a quick one. So we just talked about Dogs Don't Wear Pants at length here. Does the pool have anything that makes it better than Dogs Don't Wear Pants? Well, it does have a crocodile in a pool. That's fun. Um, but these movies are apples and oranges where uh, Dogs Don't Wear Pants is this amazing, perfect apple and... The pool is this this orange. You like the orange, but like you're gonna forget about this orange. Uh, so in this one, dogs that wear pants just just wins. Uh, the the pool is really fun, but it's just it's a little it's it's a little more fun for fun's sake, while still being a little bit like oh this is kind of dumb in parts. 
while Dogs That Wear Pants is just like amazing the entire way through. So it just, it's a blowout on this one. Alright, so next one we got Sea Fever versus 4x4. We've already talked about 4x4, but we haven't talked about Sea Fever yet. So let's pull them up here. Sea Fever is a movie about a weird encounter with some underwater creature that is spreading a strange virus. Now, I liked Sea Fever. The problem with Sea Fever is, I've seen this movie, you know, we've all seen it countless times, like, uh, you got, like, The Thing, a bunch of other movies I can't think of right now. Uh, one thing I really did like about this movie is, you have this, uh, this girl who's, like, the scientist character, and the, as soon as she's introduced, she literally says the line, uh, well, I'm, I'm gonna paraphrase it, but it's, I don't do other people. <laughs> And it was just that bad. It's 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 right along that same vein. Uh, it's one of the most awful like lines I, uh, of the whole festival. Honestly, like you could have easily shown that visually. You don't have to have your character be like other people. Gross. Uh, so that was really silly. And another big gripe I had about this movie is you have this really smart marine scientist character and this thing's happening to this boat the the whole thing pretty much the whole thing happens on this boat which is really cool i really like the setting is awesome it all looks great um but it's happening on this boat and there's this like weird creature is attaching itself to the boat and what is the first thing the the genius marine scientist girl does she tries to touch this weird goo that's coming out of the creature that she doesn't know what it is with her bare hand yeah i don't know like why would you ha why would you have your super smart scientist character do this? Who knows? Nobody knows. It's uh, super silly. But otherwise, uh, the movie is really fun. Uh, I really like the setting of the boat. The acting throughout is very very good. There's some interesting um, gore throughout the movie. There's some inconsistencies here and there. There's some things that'll make you groan. You'll be like, oh, why are you, why are you guys doing this? Like, come on, what are you doing? But overall, uh, Sea Fever is interesting. There's a guy that looks like Oscar Isaac in it that's not Oscar Isaac. I, I thought he was, but nope. Uh, <laughs> a big part of the movie is that the scientist girl is a redhead. And allegedly, I don't know if this is true, but the uh, a redhead coming on like any sort of, I guess, fishing vessel is bad luck. And this movie doesn't really dispel that, you know. Now, on the other hand, we have 4x4. 4x4 is a very interesting concept. Man trapped in a 4x4. He's getting tortured by the captor. He's trying to find a way to survive. Yeah, we're going to go 4x4 here. Uh, we've, we've already talked about 4x4 in the beginning. Um, it's a little weird now that we're, we're getting into this part, but 4x4 is going to win this round. we're talking about one movie more than the other because we've kind of already talked about the other but we'll speed up things uh since we're, we're getting down to the down to the thick of it here next round we got little joe versus butt boy let's pull them up little joe did not have a poster and the uh promotional material 
outfit right now is not amazing. <laughs> it's kind of boring. Uh, so just be prepared for that. And you know, Butt Boy's picture was also terrible. So we got Little Joe versus Butt Boy. Uh, Little Joe, uh, the premise is plants are being um, biologically engineered to uh, cure like depression. Uh, plants that make you happy. And you got this scientist making these plants. She has a kid. You know, they make like a new stream of this plant. And then it seems like this plant might be taking over people. That's kind of the plot. Um, you know, you've seen that plot before, like, what, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I guess we could even say the thing again, kind of, not really. Um, but you've seen this plot, like, a lot. And does uh, Little Joe bring anything to the table? Well, it brings some plants that look really cool. That's about it. Uh, everything else is pretty boring. I, I uh, fell asleep a few times in this movie. And this is a later movie, so normally, later on, I was uh, not that tired. But it's just... It's boring. Not much happens to keep you awake. The acting is okay, but it's just... It's its not showing you anything new, like at all, uh, on that kind of genre where people are being infected by something and, and being taken over by it. Uh, so, spoilers, Butt Boy wins this. Uh, <laughs> we already talked about Butt Boy, but Butt Boy, is, it, compared to Little Joe, Butt Boy is just so much more creative, such so much more unique. And it doesn't take itself too seriously. I think Little Joe should have either gotten way more serious or way more campy. And it's just in this weird middle ground that doesn't work. But Butt Boy just goes off the rails. We got a man sucking things up his butt. It's great. Uh, so so Butt Boy wins here. Little Joe was one of the one of the lower end movies that I saw during uh, Fantastic Fest. So let's go update that real quick. All right, all right. We're getting into some interesting stuff here now. We got Guns Akimbo versus We Summon the Darkness. There's the uh, the bracket we just updated. I didn't switch to it. We got Guns Akimbo versus We Summon the Darkness. All right, all right. So what is Guns Akimbo? You heard of a movie called Deathgasm? Deathgasm is an amazing movie about basically metalheads and them dealing with people starting to be possessed by demons after they play an ancient uh, evil song. It's from New Zealand. It's hilarious. It's amazing. Watch Deathgasm. It's great. Now, this is that same director who did Deathgasm. This is his follow-up to Deathgasm. His name, I believe, is Jason... Lay Howden. I don't know if it's Lay or Lee, um, but I'm here for anything he's making now. Guns Akimbo. Here's the premise. The premise is Harry Potter has two pistols surgically implanted into his hands so that all he can do is shoot the pistols. Like even his his uh, pointer fingers are like screwed into the triggers. So he's got to do everything with gun gun arms. It's it's a ridiculous movie. Samara Weaving's in it. Um, I'm really starting to love Samara Weaving. She, the first thing I saw her in was The Babysitter on Netflix, which is a lot of fun. It's not perfect, but it's a really fun movie. The next thing I saw her in was Ready or Not. Same kind of thing. A really fun movie. I really liked Ready or Not as well. And she just turns it up to 11 
in Guns and Kimbo. She plays kind of like a like a, a, a like a trash kid. I don't know what to call him. Um, and the premise is uh, to give a little more of the premise. There's this thing called schism where basically people illegally on the dark web kind of thing. Not even the dark web. It's kind of easy to find. Um, this thing called schism where people fight to the death and. Daniel Radcliffe gets himself stuck into this this fight to the death thing against uh, Samara Weaving's character, Nyx, who is a lot better at the killing and the loves the killing. It's a really fun movie. Um, I think my biggest gripe is at one point in the movie, Cypress Hill is pronounced Cypress Hill, which I... Maybe they just pronounce it differently in, uh, in New Zealand because a New Zealand actor does say it. Um, the manager from Fly the Concords is in the movie, and he says it. Another small gripe is I would have liked to see more practical blood, but Guns Akimbo is is frantic. It's fun. It's it's just showcased in such a unique and just enjoyable way. It's so fresh in like its presentation. I really really loved Guns Akimbo. Now back on We Summon Darkness. If if everyone in We Summon Darkness was camping over the top, like uh, the the two girls on the poster that aren't the small one, uh, if they were all that campy and great, they the movie would maybe have a chance against Guns Akimbo. It is a really fun movie. I I do like a lot of the the jokes and humor in We Summon the Darkness. It's just not anywhere near as funny and action packed as Guns Akimbo. So Guns Akimbo is waiting there. Alright, we're gonna start speeding up here. Because we're done talking about oh well there's still there's still two movies we haven't talked about, but not for this round. This round we're gonna have Patrick and Saint Maud. Mood. Like smog or something. So we got Saint Maud and Patrick back up. So Patrick's kind of like a really heartfelt look at grief. And St. Maud is kind of like a slow burn. The first time we said that on the podcast. But like a slow burn look at, we'll call it mental illness. Patrick is more of a drama. St. Maud is a horror movie. Which one would you watch over the other here? Probably St. Maud. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tip my hat to St. Maud in this round. Um, mostly because it's just... A creepier more interesting movie in in regards to just some of the presentation um, Patrick is also amazing and shot incredibly well but there's just some weird moments in Patrick that, that take you out of the movie like Jermaine Clement and some weird stuff that goes on uh, Saint Maud is just this real unnerving time uh, is it like the scariest thing ever no but it's still really fun and interesting to see. So St. Maud's winning this round. As you see, yeah, some of these things are going to get a lot quicker. So now we have, uh, alright, let me see if I can pronounce this right. Gandhi Tartakovsky's Primal. Let's get that up here. Uh, as you can see, St. Maud won. <laughs> the, 
poster I found for Primal is super boring, which does not do what Primal is justice. So I wish they had uh, another poster more easily available. So that was Primal versus Wrinkles. All right, one second here. All right, so we got Primal versus Wrinkles. Primal is the new show from Gendy Tartakovsky. Like I said that right. Uh, he is behind a lot of stuff like Dexter's Lab, Powerpuff Girls, lots of stuff back in the day. He did a lot of the uh, cartoon art and all that. So this is this is a story of a, of a Tyrannosaurus Rex and a caveman coming together, uh, trauma bonding, if you will, to become buds and their adventures. And it's a show. It's not actually a movie. It's coming to Adult Swim soon. Uh, it's so much fun. This is so cool to see in a theater. Uh, we got to see, I want to believe, I believe we saw four episodes. I think someone said five, but I think it was just four. And so each episode is like a little snippet of the uh, caveman and the T-Rex hanging out, coming to terms, working together, figuring things out. That's kind of the whole the vibe of the show, the whole premise of the show. And Tartakovsky's just his designs and everything are fantastic. Uh, I think we've mostly all grown up watching shows he's had a part in, and they're all great. <laughs> it's just it's it's great to see this kind of animated show coming out. Uh, it's got like violence action laughs it's 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 a perfect balance of everything you'd want to see it's even got like really dramatic moments sad moments the designs for all the creatures that that pop up are just fantastic um as it as it progressed from like the the first episode to like the fourth one we saw the designs started to get a little crazy in a great way like there's some creatures that are just so cool to see I can't wait to watch more episodes. I want to see zanier designs, more more like fantastical designs, because it starts off as pretty much like, you know, like your dinosaurs, your your mammoth stuff, snakes, and then it starts just getting weird. <laughs> so, Primal is really cool, and as soon as that's on Adult Swim, check that out for sure. Now, we got Wrinkles over here. Which is a really fun documentary. We talked about a little already about this clown that parents could hire to scare their kids to keep them in line. You know, if you're if you're a bad boy, Rankles the clown's gonna spankles you. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Even though I think he'd do way more than spank. He'd probably like rip your head off. Cause look at him, he's creepy. That's the whole idea. But Rankles just—it's nowhere near as just beautiful and amazing. And, and passionate as Primal is. Primal wins. Like, <laughs> this, this, this round's just like a, a wash, basically, because Primal should have just won forever ago. That's kind of... I did see this a little for some of the things. Not everything was 100% random. And, uh, yeah, Primal, Primal won that. So we got 
Primal moving on. And next we got Worm and Phil Tippett, Mad Dreams and Monsters. Let's bring them up here. So a movie I almost didn't see. Um, at first, it, I wasn't sold on it from like uh, just a little summary, which is like a boy doesn't hasn't done something, so he might not get to move on in school or something. The summary was garbage, I, whatever it was, the little snippet. Uh, the movie is about uh, this kid named Worm. Yeah, his parents named him Worm. Uh, it's a strange name, but they'll explain it if you see it. And uh, it's about him and this weird world. Uh, it's just this, this really strange world. The world building is great. Basically, part of the world is that you have this collar, as you, as you can probably see on that image there if you are watching the stream. He's got this collar that will pop off after he has his first kind of, I don't want to say sexual encounter, because I, I think they could even pop off from just like kissing or whatever. But basically, you, you your first intimate physical interaction is what it takes for the collar to pop up. So you need to, to have that interaction to like move on up in, in school. And so that's part of like the thing where you're supposed to be normal and have these the relationships. And then like a little later on, like things change and like other kids have bracelets where they're not supposed to have sex too soon or too late. And it's just this whole interesting, weird world that's just so fun. And the world building's great. Like, uh, a thing about the dad is that he's always in the bathroom. A thing about the mom is that she's just always on this hike. And you're like, what is going on? And it's, it's just such an interesting, quirky, weird world. The, the design is great of pretty much everything. Uh, he lives with his uncle who always makes nachos for dinner. The costuming is fantastic. As you can see there, there's a brother also and a sister. He's like twins with this sister that he shares a room with. And the brother, oh, he's dead. So part of the movie is Worm trying to record people for like a memorial of his brother. It's it's great. Great coming of age movie. I really liked Worm. It did have an issue that a lot of movies shared where it kind of took a while to get to the ending. And, and there were multiple parts where like, is it ending here? This is a fine place to end. Oh no, we're still going. This is also a fine place to end. We're still going. So that kind of happened, and there's some stuff with the parents that I th think could have been handled a little bit differently to make it flow better. But overall, Worm is just this really unique, cool, coming-of-age movie. On the other hand, we have Phil Tippett, which is about basically a man's journey as his love, his craft of stop-motion is getting invaded by CGI and computer visual effects and his adapting to that. And it is a great documentary. It's really cool to see everything and uh, learn about the history of those effects changing. But Worm is just such a unique and interesting and entertaining movie that it's got to take this one. So I'm giving this one to Worm. Um, it would probably be really hard for a documentary to uh, documentary to win one of these things, you know. All right, we're getting down to the nitty gritty here. Next matchup, we have First Love versus Dogs Don't Wear Pants. We've talked about both of these films. 
let's bring first love and dongs don't wear pants onto the stage where are you first love stop hiding coward all right so we got uh first love and dogs don't wear pants two very different movies uh, you got one the kind of comedy yakuza wacky zany story and then you got the one that's kind of the comedy drama bdsm zany story uh, they're both kind of comedic and zany even though dogs don't wear pants definitely does have a lot more emotion in it a lot more drama in it this is a tough one this is a tough one i knew we were going to get down to some some matchups that are just real hard here so first love it, it's a lot of fun but does it really do that much new we have kind of this weird cat and mouse movie about the yakuza which you know it's it's a lot of fun and it's a great movie it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun did i mention it's a lot of fun but Dogs Don't Wear Pants is just such a unique movie. I've never seen anything like Dogs Don't Wear Pants. And it's just so weird. And it, it brings you into like this weird BDSM world. And you see this man coming to terms with his grief. Who honestly just needed to probably see a therapist. But it's just this weird window into these people's lives. And it's funny. It's not only like dramatic, it's also very funny. And First Love is it is a lot of fun. There's so much stuff that happens into it. But like it just doesn't have the uniqueness factor that Dogs Don't Wear Pants does. So Dogs Don't Wear Pants. You've won this round. It's getting real tough. Oh man, we got some underdogs up in here that I, now that I'm looking at things. Some people got some uh some easy pass up the bracket. So next we got 4x4 four four versus Butt Boy. 4x4, four four, the movie where the man gets trapped in the 4x4. Four four. And Butt Boy, the movie where the man puts things up his butt. <laughs> so these two movies, they're both ridiculous concepts uh four by four allegedly was based on a true story uh we couldn't find that true story uh cat and i looked for it and i think cat might have found it but it was like in spanish and it was like real vague about what happened and uh, butt boy also based on a, a very true story it's actually a documentary no that's you know jokes uh, man Let's, let's talk about entertainment value. Entertainment value, 4x4, four four, you get to see this man have to like deal with being trapped in a 4x4. Four four. But he doesn't put anything up his butt. Like, no things are put up the butt in a 4x4. Four four. And in Butt Boy, multiple things are put up the butt. So yeah, Butt Boy wins. That's, wow. That was easy. Wow, Butt Boy, all you had to do was be you. Um, let's let's say a little bit more <laughs> to make this seem more fair. But yeah, so the Butt Boy's whole thing of just like the presentation and the serious and the right parts and just the overly comedic and the other parts and just this weird thing between him and this detective who's trying to figure out why these I don't want to say what's missing, but why certain things are missing. It's just it's a delight. <laughs> Butt Boy is a delight. So Butt Boy is winning this one.
All right. So next matchup, we got Guns Akimbo versus Saint Mod. Let's bring them up. Production value, exciting. Even though I'm gonna be honest, this one's gonna be real quick. <laughs> so we got Butt Boy versus uh, Saint Mod here. So little anecdote anecdote about Butt Boy. Not Butt Boy. Well, got Butt Boy on the brain. I guess that's a Freud thing. I don't know. So we got Guns Akimbo. Little anecdote about Guns Akimbo. I uh, had the opportunity to sign up for it a second time. The way Fantastic Fest works is every day you'd get uh, some rounds. Most days had five rounds. Five rounds with five different movies-ish. Some of the numbers changed there. But basically five rounds, five movies throughout the day. And you'd order the movies and the basically most wanted to see, the least wanted to see. And then hopefully you'd get your most wanted if you didn't, you'd get like your next, stuff like that. So that's how you kind of got to see the movies. You you chose your choices and hopefully would get what you wanted. Now, I saw Guns Akimbo day one because I've been waiting for Guns Akimbo to come out for years. Uh, as soon as I heard that the Deathgasm guy, Jason uh, Lee Howden, or Lay Howden, I, I need to check on that. I'm very sorry, Jason. I'll, I'll know for next time. I've been waiting for his follow-up forever. Because Deathgasm is one of my favorite movies. I highly recommend checking out Deathgasm. So, is this this movie, Guns Akimbo, was even added to the fest, I want to say, the day before it started. <laughs> they got the rights to show it, uh, which is super cool. So I was like, as long as I see Guns Akimbo, I'm happy. That's the movie I want to see at this festival. So I saw that day one, and then uh, move, move forward uh, some, some days. I'm choosing another movie for like the last showing of the day and Guns Akimbo was a choice again because you could see you had the chance to see like every movie in two different days they'd play um so you'd have like two different possible showings to catch something I thought about just watching Guns Akimbo again and I really regret that I didn't because I instead I saw VFW which I didn't love it's fine it's not amazing it's not terrible but I should have watched Guns Akimbo again that's showing you how much I loved this movie there's not another movie here that I was like, I need to see this movie again. Let's talk about Saint Mod for a second. So Saint Mod, on the other end, I walked out of the theater, and my initial response to Saint Mod was, meh. I think that's partially because before I had even seen the movie, there was already buzz online about it being like the next scary thing from May 24. Uh, I know a lot of people like to hype up things like crazy, especially when it's from A24. But St. Maude didn't blow me away. I, I did enjoy it. Um, the longer I was away from it, the more I appreciated it. Especially after seeing some of the other movies at the fest, uh, St. Maude started rising to the top. I was like, oh man... After seeing that, Saint Maud is incredible, kind of thing. Um, but it's just, it's nowhere near Guns Akimbo. Guns Akimbo. Spoilers, everybody. I, I think it's going to take the whole thing. We'll see what happens. But yeah, Guns Akimbo wins this round, um, for sure. It's just everything I want in a movie. Um, it does miss a few jokes. A few jokes don't land for me. But it's just the presentation and the humor. And the, uh, the way everything's just shown is amazing in, in Guns Akimbo. So that's taking this round. Oh, man. We're getting down to it. 
So next we have uh, Primal versus Worm. Let's bring them to the ring one more time. Got Worm on the right here, and we're gonna have Primal on the left. All right, there we go. Now, this is a tough one. This is one of the toughest ones I've had to do so far. We got Primal, an amazing, passion-filled cartoon from one of the best cartoon creators of all time. And we got Worm, an amazing, <laughs> passion-filled coming-of-age story from a new-ish director. I don't know if this is his first feature or not. I know that Worm is basically an elongated feature version of a short he did uh, a few years ago called Worm as well. Same concept, but now it's big and better. Um, and as I said a little bit, earlier in the worm section is worm had some problems with where to end what are we doing it's still an amazing movie with great acting great humor great world building but primal is just one of the most like tight and concise boxes of entertainment i've uh i've seen in a long time and it doesn't even have any dialogue <laughs> or anything. Uh, I mean, the T-Rex and the caveman grunt at each other sometimes, but there's there's not even any like spoken English words or anything. It's just this experience with this caveman and dinosaur bonding and surviving and fighting and hunting. And it's just so visceral and enjoyable. And I just, I loved everything about Primal, so. Since I loved everything about Primal, and I loved mostly everything about Worm, Primal takes this round. Alright, we're almost done here, folks. In uh, one of our semi-final rounds, we have Dogs Don't Wear Pants versus Butt Boy. I'm going to be honest here, folks. I did not see Butt Boy getting to the semifinals, if, if we're being honest. But it's here. Butt Boy, the underdog. The underdog that does not wear pants, if you will. How did you get here, Butt Boy? Oh, that's right, you put things up your butt. Now, <laughs> with that kind of introduction, does Butt Boy have a chance at beating dogs don't wear pants? No. Okay, well, yeah, we'll, just, we'll be straight up. No, it doesn't. Uh, Butt Boy is a very fun movie, but the, the craftsmanship and just the overall quality of the movie can't even touch dogs don't wear pants. Dogs don't wear pants is just... It's a masterclass in, in filmmaking. It's amazing. It's... It's beautiful. It's funny it's heartbreaking butt boy is a man putting things up his butt that's not going to save it in this round it needs a little more in this round so dogs don't wear pants is just such a beautiful amazing film and i hope that it's easy to see for people in the future i'm not really sure what the distribution 
plan and schedule is for that this movie here. Dogs don't wear pants, but you should definitely see it. You should also see Butt Boy just because it's fun and ridiculous. There's a man putting things up his butt, but Dogs Don't Wear Pants is just easily winning this round. And it's going to be in Grand Finals. Dogs Don't Wear Pants, everybody. So now we have Guns Akimbo versus Primal. I wasn't sure how Primal was going to do here because it is a TV show instead of a movie. But it's held its own and it's up here with the big dogs. Will it be there up? Will it be up here, up there in grand finals with the big dogs don't wear pants? Only this round will tell. All right, so we got Guns Akimbo versus Primal. So as I as I said a little earlier on in in the show, I wanted to see Guns Akimbo so bad a second time, and I regret not doing so. The most heartbreaking thing about Guns Akimbo is I don't think there are any current plans for distribution. I don't know how you're going to see this movie. I don't think any studios have uh, purchased it to distribute yet, which is a shame. I don't know why it's not like sitting there with millions of bids from all, everyone trying to grab this movie. I guess maybe it's hard to market this movie, even though I don't think it is. I think you'll just, you just have to say, Harry Potter has two pistols attached to his hands. Like, that, that should sell a movie to anyone. I don't think I've ever met anyone that's like, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see a movie where Harry Potter has two pistols attached to his hands. If there are people like that, I don't want to associate myself with them. Guns Don't Akimbo. <laughs> guns, wow, Guns Don't Akimbo. Yeah, that's a new movie. That's a combination of Dogs That Wear Pants and Guns Akimbo. Guns Akimbo is just so much fun it's it's the most fun movie of the fest hands down most fun there's some small small issues i have with it some very small issues but for the most part fun 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 for fun 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 primal amazing animated show that's so great but how does it hold up entertainment-wise to Guns Akimbo? It just barely, just barely misses the mark. Guns Akimbo is just so stupid in the best possible way. It's so entertaining. It's so fun. Harry Potter has two pistols attached to his hands. We've, we've beaten that to death, but that will make your movie go further and further. Now, even though I keep saying Harry Potter, pistols attached to his hands... In this movie, you're not even going to think about Daniel Radcliffe. You're not even going to see him as Daniel Radcliffe. You're just going to see him as this weird, pathetic character that gets guns for hands. Uh, which is perfect. You don't want... I don't want to see Harry Potter, because that means he didn't do a great job acting. Daniel Radcliffe is great. Samara Weaving is great. Milo Cawthorn, who I really love. He's in Deathgasm, Power Rangers, RPM. I think that was the, the subtitle there. He's in the movie. He does okay. I don't know why he doesn't do his New Zealand accent. I wish he did. Uh, but he does like an American accent. And it is okay. But I love my uh, New Zealand Milo. <laughs> so 
Guns Akimbo wins this, this one. It's just so much fun. It's 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 super unique. I I do love Primal, but you know the idea of uh, of an of of a caveman and a T Rex teaming up. Well, teaming up is kind of weird, but you've seen prehistoric stories such as this, I believe. Guns Akimbo. Let's okay. We're being honest. It's not the most unique story ever. It kind of turns into a. You gotta kill this person battle royal style, kind of, but not really. Um, but it's just so much fun. All right, grand finals, everybody. Everybody get hype. Grand finals. We got dogs. Don't wear pants. Versus guns akimbo. Let's get them up for the final thing here. Now. We got the final match. The uh, the biggest bowl of movie. Fantastic Fest bowl movie thing. We got Dogs Don't Wear Pants versus Guns Akimbo. Now, uniqueness. Probably giving the edge to Dogs Don't Wear Pants just for the weirdness of the whole BDSM angle. Now, Guns Akimbo does have the, the weird idea of someone getting guns surgically attach their hands where they have to always have gun hands. That's great. Acting. I want to say equal here. Equal equal parts. Uh, both have some great performances. Um, Guns and Kimbo's are a little more hamtastic and campy, but that's what it's going for. It's amazing. Dogs Don't Wear Pants are very grounded, dramatic, and real, and they just, they're great. Uh, cinematography. Dogs Don't Wear Pants, the cinematography is a little bit more safe than uh, Guns Akimbo. Uh, it's still beautiful and amazing um, and more subdued, which for the movie it makes perfect sense. But Guns Akimbo, we are going all over the place with action, weirdness, crazy stuff, which is what that movie was set it out to do. Um, but now that I think about it, yeah, that's that was never Dogs Don't Wear Pants, and so they're they're pretty much equal there. Entered straight up entertainment value. Straight up entertainment value. Both movies held my inner in, uh, my uh, my attention perfectly. Both movies were a lot of fun. But for rewatching, which one did I want to see again? If you've been paying attention, there's been only one movie that I've talked about this whole entire time that I really want to see again I'm pining to see it again and that's Guns Akimbo and I think Guns Akimbo is going to take this right here for the sole reason that I just I need to watch it again like I, I loved it so much that I just have to see it again and Dogs Don't Wear Pants don't get me wrong it's a beautiful, amazing movie. It won the Fantastic Fest award, uh, so it won. In, it won in the more prestigious, we'll call it tournament, the actual one of Fantastic Fest. So, and they're a lot smarter than me, as you all already know. But if we're talking about the blank is the killer, raw and uncut Fantastic Fest tournament, guns, guns akimbo has to be our winner because it's it's just the one movie that I just I gotta see it again. I love Dogs Don't Wear Pants, but I don't have to see it again, 
But Guns Akimbo, as soon as I can, I'm going to sit in front of my TV, put that on, invite people over, in- indoctrinate them with Guns Akimbo, be kind of like a Jehovah Witness going door to door with the DVD, even though no one has DVD players anymore, being like, watch this movie, watch it, it's great, it's fun, it's everything I wanted from the guy that made Deathgasm, it's, it's just great, which reminds me, Deathgasm 2 allegedly is starting and being filmed as well, which... Oh, what's that going to be? Who knows? But the winner of the whole shebang is Guns Akimbo. Do we have a little fun animation? No. (laughs) That was kind of... uh... Wait, what if we do this? If we end the tournament, is it exciting? No. Challenge doesn't give you a little exciting animation. Bummer. I should have had that prepped, but I don't have a fun animation. So instead, what we'll do is... One second. I can do this. We'll make this exciting. Uh, let's see here. Of course, this is being annoying. <laughs> Normally, this would be really easy, but I have some stuff set all stupid. Here we go. That's an ugly color. If you're not watching this live, oh man, you're missing out. This is going to be so crazy. Wow, this is going to be so beautiful. You're going to be like, wow, I can't believe he he threw this together in like two seconds. Man's a genius. <laughs> Let's see here. What is happening? No, 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 no. I don't know what's going on, but we're almost done. It's it's just you're gonna it's gonna blow your mind as soon as you see this like it's gonna be worth the wait. And woo, Guns Akimbo is the winner. Look at that confetti. Oh, it looks so good. It's so amazing, beautiful. Ah, just the most the most fun movie of Fantastic Fest. It's amazing. It's great. It's incredible. I really hope it gets distribution soon so you can all see it since. There's not a way to see it right now. What you can do right now is go watch Deathgasm. It's a lovely metal demon possession gore comedy movie. Hilarious. New Zealand. Love the place. Love their movies. And Guns Akimbo is just the top dog here. It's it's just... It's the winner, baby. And so that's going to do it. For the first ever Blank is the Killer Raw and Uncut live stream Fantastic Fest edition. Thank you for tuning into the stream. I know it was probably a little rocky and weird. It's the first time I'm doing this kind of thing. It, it was a little bit of a mess. I'm running everything. I didn't even know what was really going to happen. Uh, I normally have very thought out <laughs> notes and a script for these episodes. So I did what I could with my brain, which is an okay amount of things, but you know, sometimes I forget things, sometimes I say dumb things. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning into this live stream. Now, we're gonna go back to our normal format soon, so don't freak out if you're like, wow, this live stream was the dumbest thing he's ever done. I really hope this doesn't become a regular thing. 
it's not going to be a regular thing, but it, 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 I might do another similar thing in the future. We might just make it a yearly thing uh, for Fantastic Fest because this has been a lot of fun. There is going to be a normal episode out on, I believe, October 20th is going to be that next Sunday. If you uh, missed this live or the, the earlier part and you're just tuning in now, um, this is going to be released as a podcast on October 6th. The VOD will be uploaded to YouTube at that time as well. Thanks to Sticker Fridge for hosting the podcast on their website. It allows you to listen to it. Uh, I normally close out the stream by saying something fun. Uh, but all I'm going to say is thank you so much for watching the 55th episode of Blank is the Killer, which was the first ever Blank is the Killer uncut, raw, live stream, fantastic fest extravaganza. And catch the normal episode on October 20th. It'll be the 56th one. Haven't really planned what I'm going to see yet, but there's a lot of stuff to catch up on because Fantastic Fest happened and a lot of other horror movies were released during that that were normal stuff like Netflix things, Hulu things, movie things, lots and lots of stuff. If you do like what you hear from me, if you did enjoy this crazy live stream, um, I would definitely appreciate a rating on iTunes. I know that rating things on iTunes is super annoying and not the easiest thing to do because, you know, iTunes kind of sucks, not kind of does suck. But if you happen to have like an iPhone with a podcast app, I'd be ecstatic if you just open that podcast app, search for Blank is the Killer, left a review, left a star rating. I would, uh, I would just be smiling big, if you know what I mean. I'd have a big smile on my face. Anyways, that's going to do it for the first ever live stream. Thank you so much for tuning in and have a great rest of your night.